live inside Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football. It's Cofield and Company. Mac Jones hands it off on a draw to Ramondre Stevenson. Breaks out of a tackle at the 50. Pitches it backwards. And now Jacoby Myers spinning around. He throws it to Chandler Jones in midfield. Stafford! Chandler Jones racing towards the end zone. This is unbelievable. <laughs> it's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. Boy, oh boy, you never know what you're walking into when you're coming in after a Raiders game on a Monday. Twin Peaks is the site. Adam Hill is here. It's Cofield. That was crazy, and it capped off what was a incredible sports weekend with the soccer, the biggest comeback in the history of the National Football League. I covered some basketball with a dramatic comeback going the wrong way. It was just a, a wacky, wacky weekend. You hear uh, Lincoln and Horowitz there on the call. What was it like in the stadium? I don't know. I mean, I was there. I experienced it. It was such a wild scene, such a chaotic moment, and I, I, I hate doing this, but I'd have to do it all the time. Like, it's a work thing for me, but I have to file a story right at the end of the game. Right. And I was pretty much – I had kind of slowed down and said, all right, we'll have overtime. I don't have to try to focus on the overtime. Let's. I had two stories constructed, one for a win, one for a loss. And then I just had to sit there and watch it, hear the craziness in the crowd, kind of sit back and take a breath and say, okay, let me take this in for a second. <laughs> like, what is going on in this place? Yeah. And then try to write and try to encapsulate one of the most insane, wacky, crazy – and don't forget, stupid. Like it's not just that it was some great play by some. It was more right. of a stupid play by somebody. Like to try to soak all that in was it was crazy. But the atmosphere in the building, it was so out of control. It was nuts. Willie, what was it like for you? Well, it's a little embarrassing to say this, but uh, I looked at Paul Gutierrez from ESPN, who sits next to me, and I was like, "Well, this one's going overtime. I'm just gonna have to. I'll be back. I'll listen to the call in the restroom." Oh, no. I swear to God. I really? went to the newsroom, and as I was coming out, I was listening to the radio call that we just heard at the open as it started. And then as you make your way out of the restroom and then down to where I sit, I could see everything on the monitor and see the stadium as it unfolded and erupted. But I was not at my seat. So could That's still incredible. Yeah, you can tell that story forever. Yeah. It's, it's funny, too. Um, I, I kind of went around the locker room and asked a lot of players – how, what, what was your vantage point? What were you doing? How were you watching it? How, what was your angle on it? It was really surprising to me how many of the guys said they were looking up at the monitor. Like, how many guys were watching the scoreboard? Like, you're on the team. You're on the sideline. You're right there. You're watching the scoreboard. But the scoreboard is ba- massive, and we're so used to watching screens. It is hard to see on the sideline. Oh, no. Not to sound like a spoiled media person, but, you know, when I'm on the sideline for UNLV, I, I wind up watching the screen a lot because you're, you know, your vision is blocked, and on a play like that, you don't know what the hell is going on as the ball is being whipped all over the field. It's such a non-traditional moment. Yeah, it, it was. There's so many different little funny stories of what happened along the way. We can kind of share, you know, disperse them out throughout the show and effort. But um, guys that didn't know what other guys were doing, you know, uh, when you know Mac Collins out on the field playing safety, Hunter Renfro had no idea that that was true. He heard Mac Collins tell reporters that, and he was like, "You were you were on the game." And he's like, yeah, I was on the field. I was in the game. And he's like, no, you weren't. He thought he was lying. It was, it was, it was crazy that just there was so much chaos. And when you asked, you asked me to start the show, what was it like? It's hard to 
it it was so weird. It's hard to describe it. I think the players kind of felt the same way. They they had no idea what was going on. I a saw lot of Meek them, Robertson like walking in the middle of the field and kind of you know his a hand on his head like, what the hell? What just happened? Yeah, I believe I'm I. I'm going to say this. I was going to say just a player. I'm pretty sure it was Jesper Horst, Horst that I'm not 100% sure who said uh, nobody watched the replay because I think I was on the field and it was probably illegal. <laughs> He's like, I think I jumped up and down and ran onto the field on accident. It was like, oh, no, wait. I'm not well, the NFL's proven that's fine. Yeah, that's true. What would that be, the third that's case true. the last three weeks that has happened? True. That's true. Who was, the, who was the player who got involved? The Seahawks? Yeah. Seahawks. Like, actually kind of almost put his hand on someone. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but yeah, he was like, I think I went on the field and I'm probably not supposed to, so don't watch the tape and don't talk about that. Uh, but like, there were so many just crazy things happening. Out, it, it, it was nuts. I've watched this play, I don't know, 200 times at this point. I see something new almost every time. It's it's so wacky, so bizarre, so unexpected. And as Willie said, like a, a lot of people even in the like, okay, well, this is going over time. Let's take a breath, step back. Uh, oh, they're going to try to run a play here. All right, well, this is this is cute, but what's going on here? And then the ball goes in the air, and you're in, and it's just dead silent for you know what seemed like an hour. It was like less than a second as the ball's in the air, and then Chandler Jones steps in front of it, and then the Mac Jones situation happens, which another great part of the play. The the Max Crosby hit on Jacoby Myers, maybe the best part of the play. So many things that were happening out of the field. It's just, it was so hard to process all of that in the moment. And, and I know we're going to talk in a little bit about, you know, just the different moods of both locker rooms, both press conferences. I think one of my favorite comments, because um, I was in the Jacoby Myers scrum, uh, and, and then I was in for everybody that came in for the Patriots into the press conference. But I think my favorite moment was somebody asked Belichick about a Hail Mary, and he kind of looked at me and went, what? He goes, you know, Hail Mary, he goes, I can't, he can't throw it that far. It's just, it was like, just immediately, it was like, just shut it down. Well, it was, it was, they were 55 yards away, and obviously you have to back up from there, and it, yeah. you probably would have to have 60 yards. And um, I don't, yeah, I think if they, obviously, look, the Raiders thought that's what they were going to do. That's why they had a wide receiver back as a deep safety. Right. That's what they believed was going to happen in that situation, uh, which again, you look back at some of the crazier plays in history, the Patriots were victimized by one of these with the Dolphins running one of those kind of plays with Kenyon Drake scoring. Of course, that's when they're behind, not tied, which you're not supposed to do. Uh, but one of the most famous parts of that play was Rob Gronkowski being the deep safety in that situation and horrifically whiffing on a tackle, which I thought, you've seen that. Why are you putting an offensive player in that same situation that you had Gronkowski in, which I believe they call the play Desperado, the defense where you have uh, one of the one of the uh, wide receivers back deep. But Mac Holland's not that kind of receiver. He's a special teams player who's made a lot of tackles, so it makes a little bit more sense for him uh, than a guy like Gronkowski. But there's just so many elements of this. And by the way, Mac uh, Holland said he broke free. Stevenson broke free, and I was like, wait, what? I'm I have to make I'm gonna tackle him. Like you, you want me to tackle this dude in the open field? What, what are we doing here? Uh, so, I mean, that part of it was there, too, where he was going to have to try to make a play on that. It was just – it was nuts in there. Listen to some of the calls uh, at the end of this game. We got multiple calls from both sides. Uh, Latino call as well, but here's Horowitz and uh, Lincoln Kennedy. Raiders only have three up by the line of scrimmage. Mac Jones hands it off on a draw to Ramondre Stevenson. Breaks out of a tackle at the 50. Has the 45. Breaks away from another tackle. Pitches it backwards. And now Jacoby Myers spinning around. He throws it to Chandler Jones in midfield. And a step forward. Chandler Jones racing towards the end zone. He scores. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my 
my goodness! Crazy. Harry Ruiz on this Los Raiders mandando a cinco jugadores profundos en el campo. Solo presión de tres. Ramondre Stevenson con el acarreo. Y Stevenson sigue de pie. Avanza de la 45 a la 40, a la 35, a la 30. Lanza el pase hacia atrás con Jacoby Myers. Y los Patriotas ahora simplemente... Chandler Jones intercepta el pase. Chandler Jones se mantiene de pie. Chandler Jones se va, se va, se va. Hasta la cocina. Touchdown. Chandler Jones lo hizo, Chandler Jones lo hizo, consiguió el balón con los Patriotas intentando lanzar pases laterales y los Raiders de la manera más improbable posible en la historia del fútbol americano han ganado este partido. Wow, lo veo y no lo creo. That's awesome. I hope that I hope that gets Harry some like national level yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. That was awesome. That's an audition tape right there. Um, that was great. That was great. Uh, we'll play the Patriots calls later. You know how big I am on win or lose, make the call. Yeah. The Patriots call was friggin' awesome because your job is to capture the moment, even if it's just devastating for your side. I'll tease this too. I got. I have some good. Uh, some good side intel on that when we, when we on get which to one? that call. Patriots. The Patriots good, call, good. which is going to be great. Well, Zolak. I mean, we know yes. Zolak is super passionate. They're one of their former quarterbacks, backup. And I mean, he he drops to his knees in the past multiple times when they win, and you know, to take care of Brady, his guy. Um, so to to hear him lose, and and you know, you mentioned the Miami deal where they got beat. On the lateral, that was devastating. Man, yesterday was a happy moment for all the Patriot haters. And then to watch the puss, and he's always got a puss on his face. But to watch the puss on Belichick's face, he's got to walk across. And then we'll play Willie's question for him at the press conference, mumbling. Speak up, Bill. It's a big moment. We want to know what happened. Can, can I say this about uh, Harry's call? Like, I, Harry is awesome. Yeah. I love Harry so much. It was great. Do we know it was great? The emotion was. What What if he just said nothing? Angel, we don't know what he said. Angel, Angel was rocking and rolling with it. So. <laughs> okay, okay. Like, what, I, what I assume it was great. The yeah. emotion was awesome. It, it, it told a story without even knowing what the words are. Yeah. It told the story of what happened. But he could have just been mumbling nonsense. We don't so, know. So, worldwide, it may have not been the best game or ending in sports. How good did you think the game was? What was better, the game or the ending, even if it was penalty shots in the World Cup? The the, the penalties were actually kind of... It was a little melodic. It was, it was or uh, anticlimactic. Anticlimactic, yeah. yeah. So I, the ending, the Raiders ending was the, the ending of the weekend, for yeah. sure. Okay. Uh, but yeah, the, the game was, it was an all-time classic game that happened that happened to take place in the final of a World Cup. So right. it, it was an And you've got like heroes game. on that level. Yeah. yeah. I want you to listen to... Andres Cantor, who I didn't realize was Argentinian. He, I watched it, and I, like, I started getting misty-eyed. He was, like, even if you don't, you don't understand what he's saying, like, we're going to play, like, 45 seconds, and I'm, like, I'm guessing, like, 80% of the audience will have no idea what he's saying, but you start to hear the emotion in his voice and how happy and moved he is. Like, this is a great moment in sports. Va Montiel! Montiel va! No!
Il est champion du monde. Argentina est champion du monde. Dans le ciel, Luis Aguirre, 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 Luis Get over to Twin Peaks in Henderson for Monday Night Football. Awesome food and drink specials. Plus, Cofield and Company's Willie Ramirez will have plenty of great prizes you can win. It's Monday Night Football at Twin Peaks in Henderson. Three seconds to go. It's a handoff. Stevenson up the middle. Breaks one tackle at the 50 to the 45-40. Stiff Army's free at the 35. Drops it behind him to Jacoby Myers, who circles and laterals it. And it's intercepted by the Raiders. Going the other way. Back to Cofield and Company, live at Twin Peaks. Hanukai, Hanukai, Yonte Fashainer, Alustigera, Freile, Herniton, Ochazainer, Alle Nacht in Dreidel spielen mir, Zudike, Selatkes, Essen mir. Yep, happy Hanukkah. I know uh, Horowitz, play by play guy for the Raiders, called it a Hanukkah miracle. That was the uh, ESPN national call on radio. Mark Kestisher of the uh, craziness yesterday, Raiders score on a botched lateral play that I don't even know was supposed to be a lateral play. It was just wacky. Everyone in the stadium was shocked. People around the country were shocked. Hopefully um, New Englanders, I don't know, I want to make a joke about, you know, instead of throwing tea into the harbor, just threw themselves into the harbor, screw them. Uh, They lose. Belichick has to walk across the field looking completely miserable. We had the manager here at Twin Peaks say, hey, what's the name for this thing? Like every one of these crazy – plays at the end of the game you know herm edwards miracle at the meadowlands well i mean simply be, california and stanford just the play sure. on uh, you know the the, the the yeah what was it the trombone player getting smashed on the way into the end zone let's, let's not forget this is a week shy of the 50th anniversary of the immaculate reception which yep. the you know the anniversary game's coming up this week so which has previously previously been named like the play of the century in the national football league this is right up there with it. It wasn't a playoff game, but just the the wackiness and an unprecedented nature of it is incredible. And as Adam said, you could probably do, say, twenty years from now, a documentary might be a short one, a half an hour documentary, just on all the elements of what the hell was going on the field and off the field. Yeah. It was crazy. Lateral damage. Lateral damage is my instead favorite. of collateral damage. Yeah. Who came up with that? I don't know. It's, it was kind of circling around. Th- that was, I, I saw like 150 of them yesterday. And as soon as I saw that one, I was like, yeah, that's the one. Can you remember any of the others you saw? I sent out a tweet just now. So if people have seen better names for what that play was yesterday, that collapse by the Patriots, please send it. Cassie's was good. Yeah, th- Who's well, Cassie? Uh, Cassie's Cassie from the RJ was the, uh, that was the fear and lateraling in Las Vegas, which I don't know where the fear, I mean, it's, it's obviously a playoff the movie, uh, but it's, it's, it's good because it's a Las Vegas tie. Uh, and it has a lateral tie. It's not, it's, it's there, solid. One week, the, one week shy of the immaculate reception. I, I, I saw it, so I'm not going to say that I thought of it, but I saw it, and, and so I tweeted out the immaculate interception. But I don't know if it's an interception. It's not, it's not an interception. It's not necessarily an interception. He intercepts a lateral, yeah. but it's not going down as an interception. I think it's it's got to have lateral in it. Yeah. I feel like. 
I think lateral damage really? is, is strong. I think so. I think Belichick should be the focal point. It's a horrendous coaching moment for one of the greatest coaches. Well, it, wasn't that called, not, it wasn't called, though. It doesn't matter. His team wasn't prepared. His team folded under pressure well, and made more a to horrific it. mistake. There's more to that coaching I, mistake. I would have Belichick in there, <laughs> um, and I will steal. Belichick's a, blunder? Close. I will steal from an old baseball play, and I would call it Belichick's boner. Okay. Merkel's boner. It's a famous base running play in baseball. It's perfect. It's an old. I, I mean, mean, I don't think people, unfortunately, are people, are, people are pervs now, yeah, sure. so immature. they wouldn't get it. But, yeah. yeah, it's Belichick's boner. Too immature. I, I think times have changed. I don't think we, I don't think we can do that one anymore. Uh, I think, I think, I think the, the blunder of Belichick. But I, it's again, not the right target. I mean, I love piling on, but this was a, you know, certainly not something that was coached. Certainly not something that was called. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you who I'll who I'll put it on. If anybody, if you're going to do coaches, did you see Matt Patricia again? When you're talking about the. All the things that could go into this documentary about the play in years and years from now. When Jacoby Myers throws the ball, you see Patricia in the background like, okay, okay. No. <laughs> yes. Now, he could be, it could be an angry like you do, like, ah, come on, like an angry clap. But he's clapping his hands. So maybe it's something with Patricia. But, again, it wasn't coach. Wow. Both There's- players said, and it, it was – Jacoby Myers said, I don't I should not have done that. Obviously, that was a mistake. That wasn't called. That wasn't the play. I just did it. Ramondre Stevenson started it by throwing the lateral in the first place. And he said, Look, if I don't pitch it to him, then he doesn't throw it. So it's my fault. So the players took the responsibility for it. It wasn't a called play. And if you watch the play, nobody on the field, except for those two guys, had any expectation that there was any sort of lateral play or anything. That was just a okay, we popped a we popped this draw play that was supposed to go nowhere and run at the clock into like a thirty yard gain. Let's see if we can let's see if we can finish this off. And Stevenson pitches it, I think only to pitch it once, and hoping hoping Myers can go down the sideline. And then Myers is like, all right, let's do this. And I actually saw, you know, the guy that does the minute to two and a half minute breakdowns on Twitter. He's a comedian. He's really really good at this. Any big play, any movie scene, he breaks them down. And when he's talking about it, he he kind of said uh, he made the suggestion that a lateral on a football field and like a wild play is like somebody doing cannonballs when everybody's drunk at a party. Like you're at a pool party, everybody's drunk, somebody does a cannonball, like everybody's like, yeah, I'm going to do that too. Like that's what a lateral is. Where one guy pitches it like, all right, let's, that's what we're doing. Let's go. We're, we're lateraling now. And that just kind of got the ball rolling, which I think is fair. I think that's kind of what happened where you're like, oh, this is what we're doing? Cool. Let me try this and see how long we can extend it. And you, you lose sight of the fact that, hey, the game's tied. We're just trying to go to overtime here. That's all we're trying to do. And so it was, it was wild. And – by the way, in my mind, if Chandler Jones doesn't make two pretty big mistakes on the play, the play never happens. Yeah, fill us in. So Chandler Jones missed the tackle at the line of scrimmage. It was a pretty bad missed tackle. I, I think – let me just interject real quick because people keep using the phrase missing tackle. Ramondre Stevenson ran through Chandler Jones. Sure, but he missed the tackle. <laughs> yeah. Ramondre Stevenson he, broke the tackle. Yeah. So Ramondre Stevenson breaking a tackle actually proved to be a bad play also because then the play ends right there and they go to overtime. Chandler Jones missed the tackle. And – He's kind of in the backfield. Ramondre Stevenson breaks it at the line of scrimmage, goes downfield. Now Chandler Jones tries to get up and pursue the ball. A Patriots lineman shoves him back down to the ground. So he would have been chasing the ball down the field. It would have never been there in the first place. But he gets pushed back to the ground. Now as he gets pushed back to the ground, what you don't see in the replay, you have to watch the wide angle from behind, is Chandler Jones, after he's pushed back to the ground, is like, all right, that's it. So he just sits there. 
and he just sits in the logo as the play develops. And it's he's watching it downfield, like, okay, well, somebody's going to tackle him. He didn't chase the play. He didn't chase the play at all. He just sat there. And so then, as Jacoby Myers gets it and spins back, he stands up, and he's like, all right, well, I guess the play's still going. So he stands up, and he's in the middle of the logo. I would suggest that he was not using this on purpose, that the logo served as camouflage because as he stood up, his uniform is the same colors right. as the logo in the middle of the field, right. and Jacoby Myers never sees him yep. and throws it backwards, thinking Mac Jones is all by himself back there. And so missing the tackle or having the tackle broken and just kind of quitting on the – quitting is not the right word. He just, The play was way downfield. He's like, all right, that's it. And just kind of sitting back would maybe be looked at as mistakes. That's kind of think a coach would be like, hey, in the film room the next day, like, all right, pursue the ball. But I, because yeah. he makes a great play, it it's all forgotten because he's part of the one of the greatest plays in franchise history, which is wild. By the way, three plays in NFL history have come with zero time on the clock and been a fumble recovery for a touchdown. The last one before this was the Holy Roller, which not legal. And that was 1978. It had not happened since 1978. And it happened yesterday. The uh, it, it's it's true. He was camouflaged because uh, when we were in that scrum, I asked Jacoby Myers, "said What exactly did you see that made you throw the ball?" You know, everyone's asking him. You know, what was the play? What was it? I said, "What did you see? What was it that you saw that said, okay, I'm gonna?" He goes, "I definitely didn't see Chandler Jones." <laughs> he said, "I thought Mac this Jones." Was, he said, "I thought Mac Jones was open." Uh, and he could make a play, but I didn't see Chandler Jones. Was, it was just—it was so far back, too. Yeah. Like unless it's by design, and you're throwing across the field. You just don't see someone throw it that far backwards. Well, he looked back and he saw Mac Jones by himself by about forty yards. I know, but, like, just give it to him. You're just going back to the original. Exactly. Like, what's the, point? Point? What's yeah. the plan? He is Mac Jones going to sprint to the end zone from there? Because he was—he's the no last sense. man back. So, so you're throwing it back yeah. to arguably the littlest guy on the field to now go up against. Yeah. 21 but others. Mac has no options. Right. He's got to run it forward and maybe someone backs up. And it's, it was just – it was so weird. Um, yeah, absolutely. They, they lost track of where they were, what the situation was, and the beneficiaries of it are the Raiders. And you're right, good for Chandler Jones that he actually had a couple of poor moments on the play, and he's uh, there right place, right time. Let's give away some tickets right now. 364-1100, Iggy Pop, special guest Iggy Pop and special guest – Saturday, April 29th, coming up in the new year. The Pearl at the Palms. You can grab tickets right now. They are available, Ticketmaster.com. But if you want to go see Iggy Pop, Ari has a couple of tickets at 364-1100. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Adam Hill LVRJ. Or tweet the show at Cofield & Co. The first thing I said after the game yesterday is we have to play better situational football. I've never coached in a game where you weren't coaching um, – making corrections and mistakes after the game on all levels, playing, coaching, everything, decision-making, overall strategy, everything. That's that's a part of every every game, every review. We don't want the result that we had on that play, so just leave it at that. Hanging at Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football, it's Cofield and Company. It's the most wonderful time of the year. little non-mumbling there from... Bill Belichick explaining things. I'm sure he was peppered with questions. We'll, uh, we'll get to what Willie was asking him right out of the gate. We were playing a bunch of the calls from yesterday's. Whatever someone comes up with that's going to stick. I don't think lateral damage will stick, but uh, something. Miraculous play. Horrendous mistake by the Patriots. 
and it's good to see the Patriots, you know, lose in that fashion and make mistakes every once in a while. Listen to the TV call here with Kenny Albert. Back Hollins out on defense. He's all the way back. As Stevenson well, is, anyone gonna is inside the 30, flips it back. Stanford band nowhere in sight. Uh-oh. It's picked off. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Unbelievable. Oh, wow. Incredible. Chandler Jones takes it in and wins the game for the Raiders. Have you ever seen an ending like that I have never seen anything like that. I have no idea why he was doing that. Oh, my goodness. Wait, reload that. Did you hear what he said in the middle of that? I missed that. Kenny Albert on the call. Did he? I, I wonder. Like, I wonder if he's listened back to it and gone. Wait, did I just really just throw that in there? Play it. Play it back again. Back. Stanford band nowhere That's in it. sight. Uh-oh. Stanford band. What? 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 A, I mean, it's not a random thing to mention, but the way it turned out, like that that play yesterday, kind of rivals the Stanford band thing. He he just throws it in. Very prescient. Holy crap. He probably, does it, he probably does it every time there's like a, a scramble drill. I don't know. We'll have to get him on down the road. I, that's amazing that he threw that in there, and then it turned out the way it did. All you needed was someone in the end zone to get in the way. Right? Cheerleader in the way, running on the field, and, you know, Chandler dropping the hammer. Cheerleader probably would have been a better tackler than Matt Jones. Yeah, that wasn't good. I won't even call that a stiff arm. Did you uh, did you see? I got a laugh out of McDaniel's with that today. No, I said, "Are you, gl- are you glad you didn't mentor Mac Jones on tackling when you were coaching him?" He just laughed. He laughed. Yeah, good. He answered it too. Yeah. He, he laughed. He said, "Well, yeah, there's a reason we don't have quarterbacks in tackle drills." All right, so set up post game for me. So set up, set up the uh, what the room is like. Belichick walks in. Like, how many people are there? Patriots people there? Who gets the first question? There was probably. Ten people in the room. In the in the room. At, at, at first, uh, David Andrews came in center, and then um, and then they came in and announced that the locker room was open. So everybody scattered and went into the locker room, and um, immediately gravitated toward Jacoby Myers. And the dude, I mean, everybody's seen the video, but the guy stood tall. I have to hand it to him. He stood there and took it. I mean. It was a full-on – it looked like, you know, a Game 7 scrum that was that was sitting in front of his locker. You could tell he had been – you know, he had been upset. His eyes were a little swollen. He, you know, he, he took it hard. But he answered every single question. You know, um, if he was asked something even slightly similar to the previous on the play, whatever it was, he answered – he re-answered and in, in, in directed it toward that question rather than just saying, well, like I just said. Right, or which guys, just, get, or just, guys get annoyed about. Like, they, yeah, hey, yeah. Have, have a little accountability. There's, there's no problem with it. Right, like some coaches. Is there any communication? No, no that was just me. That was me. There was no communication? No, I promise you that was just me trying to make a play. Okay. Yep. So, so at that point, no one, I mean, there wasn't really any. I think the local beat writers, certain people, they wanted, to, they wanted certain guys. But we all went back to the locker room or to the press conference room. And they just brought guys in one by one. Um, Mac Jones came in. He he was he was like a robot. You could he he was prepared answers that just it, it, some of it, it it didn't even really tie into what he was saying. You know we we have to be better prepared. And it 
it just kind of he, he just had prepared answers. And he also said, you'll have to ask the coach. Andrews also said that there were several times both of those guys, you have to ask Belichick. You're going to have to ask the coach on that. You're going to have to ask Belichick on that. I mean, somebody asked him about the play itself, and he said, well, you're going to have to ask Belichick. Well, you're the, you're the quarterback. You, you're in the huddle. You're calling the play. So, anyway, we're, everybody's waiting. Ramondre- yeah, can, I, can I just jump in? No. Belichick gives license to, like, the, the people who are the outliers who answer stuff from the Patriots. Good job. Because Belichick gives them license to mumble and skirt. And listen, you don't have to do it. But I think it reflects on you poorly, and that's in all sports. Yeah, You're you? going to lose games sometimes, and there's nothing wrong with explaining it. Um, I understand it's devastating to lose. Like, I'm the, you know, the ultimate sore loser. I haven't played on a level like that. It sucks. But you, you got to take a deep breath and just answer some questions. And I guess fans could be like, why? I don't know, for you guys. Do you not want to hear why it happened? Yeah, just hard. Are you, are you such a fan that you want to come in and hug them? Is that what you want to do? Want to envelop them? Protect them? They're adults. They make millions of dollars. They can answer questions. Everyone take a deep breath. You know? We all have problems at work, right? Yeah, there are times you get called on the carpet. You got to go in front of people and answer questions. And, and again, I know. Ask someone else. No, I don't want to ask someone else. I know. You where, answer. I know that, that, right, that, that right there, sadly, is the other side of the Patriot way. Sure. Is they, they, are, they are real good when they win. When they lose their mopes. Not Jacoby Myers, and Ramon J. did a good job. But they're mopes just like their coach. And that is, if Belichick has taught a lot of things and mentored a lot of people, and he's a great football coach, but that is the crappy side of him. Yeah, and I think we're biased and that, you know, we're media, and that's our job to go do that. But I think it is, it's for fans too, right? I mean, the reason that, and again, we're not, we don't hate the, the salaries on the show. In fact, I often say I think players are underpaid, but. Uh, the reason that there's that much money generated is because of the content and the uh, constant media coverage and all those things. They all tie hand in hand. So part of getting the big paychecks is for fans and for media and all of those things that you're doing. So it is part of your I mean, job. Scott it Zolak, is. their color voice, said this is the kind of play, this is the kind of ending. He said this team is stupid. Uh, this is the kind of play where heads should roll. I mean, one of your own guys is saying that people, I mean, I, that, you walk in and ask that, hey, should someone be cut for this? Well, you don't ask Jacoby Myers that because he'd probably, no. probably be the one. And then, look and you at, might have to wait a day until it cools down. Well, let's also. And then if you know if you ask Belichick that, and he's like, "Well, I, you know, if he mumbles something, I'm like, no. Well, I, your color voice said your former player said, yeah. Well, I can tell you who so I your think, reaction. I tell you who I think should There's take. There's nothing wrong take, with being accountable and answering questions. Someone's going to get cut, or if someone because one of the persons that's been taking hits all year long. For the play calling, um, it reminds of the, me of Matt did, Patricia is part of this story. They, yes, they because, were not prepared. Well, no, not only that. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Chandler Jones said it was like a Hollywood script. It reminded me of one of my favorite football movies, All the Right Moves. Remember All the Right Moves with Tom Cruise? They're at they're at the no, rival. They're no, at the, no idea. They're at the rivals' school. Yes, it's, it's one raining. of my favorite movies of all time. It's raining, yep. and Nickerson has riflemen hand the ball to Salvucci in the rain. All he's got to do is go through yep. and run the clock out. And in the locker room, the big talk is, if you'd have had Vucci kneel on the ball, yep. we wouldn't be in this year. Yep. So, and what does the coach do? He, he kicks the kid off the team. He, throw, he, throws, he, throw, he, throws, him, he throws the player under the bus instead of the stupid play call So Craig T. Nelson. So, he's also when, racist in the movie. When Belichick says, 
when Belichick says yesterday, it, it just it was a bad play. It was a, it was a bad it was a mistake. It didn't you know. If it was a mistake because he was supposed to go down, why didn't you just but, have but, Mac Jones but, kneel on the uh, ball? Exactly. Why, why, did why you even, just why even waste the time? Will you just what, kneel some, down. some miracle freaking 55-yard run? No, it's for the Patriots, it's a small part of what the bigger problem has been, and that is Belichick's arrogance and having a guy who absolutely does not deserve to be calling offensive plays. Belichick got out of control in the offseason. I don't know if it was, hey, I'm going to stick it to everybody. You stuck it to yourself because you could make the playoffs, but that play just screwed you. And – the play calling and the execution for them has been piss poor a lot this year. Right. So whoever called that, whether it's, so it's a bigger Patricia, picture, maybe they should have instead because it's okay. Because, He's won a lot of Super Bowls. Because this year doesn't minute. matter. Is that what is that what Patriots fans who want to defend these guys would say? Probably. But I'll also point out, like Good. we talk about being a very stupid play, and it was. But people that are saying like this is the dumbest play in his, don't, the Raiders literally last week I think had a dumber play. Like the Jerry Tillery play, I think was dumber than this. Oh yeah, and because it wasn't on, uh, you know, because it wasn't this huge highlight film thing. Well, it wasn't the final play. And it wasn't either. the final it play. Led, of the it game, led to the disaster. Sure, like it's it's kind of overlooked, but like dumb plays do happen all the time. Right, right. And very very dumb plays, and like nobody is co- nobody coached that play yesterday. Yeah, you don't think you have to tell a player in a tie game to not throw a lateral across the field because why would they? Uh, see, you I, don't you know, tell the player if, not to knock the ball out of a quarterback's hands because why would gets, you? If the coaching staff gets all the credit when they make great plays with the Patriots, you know, you, you, you stop you know, Seattle on a, on a pass attempt on the goal line. Seattle gets ripped to shreds. Their coaching staff gets annihilated for not just handing the ball off to beast mode. And all I saw afterwards, oh, the Patriots sniffed this thing out. They knew that could be the play. Oh, coaches, 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 coaches. You take blame here. In this case, you take some blame. And, and going, you know, Frankly, the market probably took it easy on the Raiders with Tillery. For this fact, there was a reason he was available. He yeah. had a reputation. Of course. So now he just delivered on that reputation. Now, he, you may be able to repair him, and he, be, he could become a, a real contributor. But you just saw why the Chargers were like, we can't do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, again, there's nothing wrong with calling coaches on the carpet to be accountable. Ultimately, the players made the mistakes on that play, but it looked like a poorly organized poorly coached team there it was terrible it starts it starts right there if they if 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 the players are taking their accountability and mac jones and saying that he should have tackled chandler jones yeah uh if jacoby myers is taking blame saying well regardless of whether ramondre told me what he was going to do i didn't have to make that throw and ramondre saying well if i didn't pitch it to him he wouldn't have made that if they can take accountability then Bill Belichick and or Matt Patricia should be standing up there going, we should have just had Mac Jones kneel. It's on us. Want the skinny on UNLV football? Listen to the weekly UNLV All Access podcast with Cofield and Caleb Herring. A new episode drops each Thursday morning at UNLV All Access on Twitter. You're listening to Cofield and Company live at Twin Peaks. Sleigh bells ring. Are you listening in the lane? Snow is glistening. Back to the Raiders Miracle in about 10 minutes. Cofield and Company live at Twin Peaks. All their cool specials in effect tonight for uh, two of the preseason NFC favorites, the Rams and the Packers, going at it. I think kind of a big spread. We'll uh, we'll get to that 
towards the end of the show, right before kickoff at Twin Peaks. Big beers, 22 ounces, just under 4 bucks. 19 different shots, just under 4 bucks. Select appetizers, 2 for and $6. And you hang out tonight with Willie Ramirez, who's going to be out here like he is almost every week at Twin Peaks. Interesting weekend for UNLV football as they lose a couple more players in the transfer portal. Barry Odom was all over the place, saw him make appearances at a bunch of different games and was doing some TV stuff. So he's the new coach with the Rebels. But uh, I think a lot of people today were surprised that uh, their star running back, Aiden Robbins, decided to go to BYU, of all places. Good luck, bro. Why do you say that? I like Aiden, but it's not where I would go. No. Good football program, and uh, if he can win the job there, you know, win the lion's share of the carries, which is not a certainty. This doesn't mean that they're they're not going to dip into the portal again, or you know, they have another outstanding running back. I think who has tons of upside in Miles Davis, who's actually from Vegas. So uh, today, when I tweeted it out, because you know how many players BYU has poached, I think sometimes they started early on players they poached from UNLV. It was like, hey, it'd be good to get Miles Davis back to Vegas, wouldn't it? Let's go. Start start reaching out, right? Through intermediaries. Yeah. What were we going to say, Willie? Uh, it's just uh, – it's it's always an odd landing spot when they come from here to there yeah. rather than the opposite. But what I wonder is that for as many ties as BYU has in this community, for as – you know, the backers that are here, um, let's, let's face it, this is, there's a very strong Latter-day Saints, uh, no you doubt. know, it, it, in this community – and you just have to wonder, you know, boosters and whatnot with the NIL. It's it's very easy to get in people's ears nowadays. A lot legal, a lot more legal. Oh, the that, NI, that, that, the NIL that, thing for, that, for BYU is pushed him a massive factor now. They oh, can yeah. sit guys down and go, "Hey, what do you what do you want? What do you need from us?" Yeah. This is what we got at a baseline. They can get every. Well, I mean, the last year they cut a deal. Every single player on the team, including the walk-ons, got a base amount. Yeah. Yeah, and, then, and then their star players, hey, it's a system now. But you, you realize this is a system that, in general, in the state of Utah, they've had built. There's a communal effort here to win and achieve, and there's money there. So, And it's a good football program, and for Robbins, like I said, if he wins the job, he's going to get a lot of the carries. So, But I will say this. And he's an older guy. He's mature. So, like you said, good luck, bro. I think the initial shock of going to BYU and being an outsider and maybe that, hey, rules are a little bit different, a lot different. Um, he's he's a mature guy, and I think he'll probably be able to deal with it. I, I'm always surprised when um, some 18- and 19-year-olds go there, 17-year-olds go there, and, like, do you know what you're walking into? That's a whole different challenge. Yeah. Um, you know, what were we saying earlier this season, Adam, with the Raiders, with Josh Jacobs, we're like, well, these days – Running backs, they come a dime a dozen. So, you know what? You want to go, go. With the two guys that are in place, the two top dogs here, with Barry Odom and now Bobby Petrino, they're going to go get themselves a running They're going to get, believe they're me. They're going to find the, themselves a running The last offseason, there were, I think, uh, I think Arroyo said he had looked at 53 different backs in the yeah. transfer portal, and they decided on Aiden Robbins. There's going to be a ton of running backs available, and it's, it's, it's a loss because he had a really productive year. It sure. is a loss. He's a good running back. But I'm confident they'll be able to get someone or some ones in there. To challenge for lead running back, but it, it, it's a loss. He's you know he's the guy's a leader. He's a mature player. He's the kind of guy you want to build around for the next couple of years. If he was if he was going to stay in school, believe it or not, he was at Louisville, graduated already, 
And when he came to UNLV, he still had three years of eligibility left. Super smart kid. Yeah. And and you, you know, if you can't find a running back, then you just find a couple good offensive linemen, and it's even better. Like you, anybody can run behind a good offensive line. That's right. that's what we've learned, and that's uh, what you see in football for the most part. Very few running backs can be game changers when the offensive line's not there, but very many offensive lines can turn running backs into very productive players. And UNLV has had a good tradition of running backs over the last now it's about nine years. They've, yeah. they've had you know productive guys back there. And I, I think the the one that's an eye opener, and it's not because the kid's not talented, but it kind of shows you the the roster that they had built. So they've now lost Noel Williams to Cal. I think uh, Lee Fontenot, Arizona State's probably the lead on that one. That's their starting center. We'll see which of the five or six power fives that Kyle Williams, their wide receiver, may choose. But the eye-opener was a freshman who did not get to play, a kid from Coronado. We had Eric Snow on. Remember that during the season, uh, beginning of the uh, football season? Eric Snow, the former 76er, was on. Well, his stepson was one of the recruits, Noah McGregor, big kid. And I don't think you guys were – I don't know if you were listening, but – uh, no, actually showed up to the Barry Odom intro conference at Doug Brumfield. When I talked to him, he looks over at Noah McKinney and he's like, ah, he's because he had just put his name in the portal, McKinney. And he's like, ah, I'm going to keep him. And then we find out over the weekend, uh, McKinney is going to Oklahoma State. So that's a nice jump up. So there was some talent on this roster. Yeah, no question. No question about it. And, and that was that was clear. And, you know, they're going in a different direction. I think they're going to even get even more talent now. I think that's going to happen. I'm very confident. I, I am. I mean, you know, after speaking with Barry the other day, I think I'm, I'm pretty confident. <laughs> they're going to have a wide net, and they're uh, they're building the coaching staff. We had mentioned, you know, some of the guys who are rumored to be on the coaching staff, and you're talking about experienced dudes who've been around for 20, 25 years, and um, at least three of them are coming straight from Power 5. Where I'm sure they were already working on their position groups, and they've got recruits in mind. So, you know, I had someone earlier tweet at me, and they're like, wow, you know, right now everyone's – you got guys just leaving in the transfer portal. No one's coming in. I'm like – Relax. He's been on the job for 12 days, and we saw this last offseason there are three recruiting periods because right. there's a third wave you know, in the spring where guys look up and they're like, oh, crap, look at all these new players on the roster, crap. and then you've got a whole bunch of – got a whole new wave of players who may be available. Well, so you've got to give it time. You've got some coaches that aren't afraid to put their depth chart out there officially after spring ball, and some guys go, all right, I'm out. Right? We saw it with Dougie B before he came back. So – and, the, and these are two guys that are going to be aggressive, and they come with the resume. They're going to get some. They're, they're going to bring some talent. Adams, right? It's like it's it's like you know, it's like eh. They're they're going to bring some talent in. It'll be interesting. It's going to be fun to see next year what 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 they put together, how they meld the different talent. Together. We got a minute left this hour, Willie. You were out last week. I didn't get your impression on the uh, Petrino hire. <sighs> you know. I look at it like this. For every one or two Petrinos out there where everything's on the table, there's probably half a dozen to a dozen guys where we don't know what's in their closet. Who so, don't who don't get into a motorcycle accident yeah. and get outed? Yeah, I mean And as I brought up last week, it's not it's not it wasn't just a motorcycle accident. Because that, that the adultery thing, like this show, we're not gonna sit here and annihilate someone for that. No. It's not a great look. But it's with with Petrino, it's it's the end of some runs in terms of loyalty, and you know, kind of you, you preach be- you preach a certain thing. You know, you gotta you gotta stick around when you leave. You got to do it the right way. So hopefully, this is another chance for him. And at 61 years old, he's learned a lot of lessons from all that he's been through and and put some other schools through. Yeah, I think more than anything, I'm more worried about the longevity.